Hello, everybody. Welcome to World One of One Podcast. I'm your host, the Chocolate Down the Wonder, Mr. Eddie V. Joining me is the Red Velvet Nordic Beast himself, Mr. Larry Giver. Oh, extra work this week, just so that we can bring you guys your your favorite uh, snow Mexican maple back motherfucker, Adrian. I'm back, bitches. He's done I'm hanging sorry. out with Edward I, I'm Snowden. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do apologize for I, I calling everyone bitches, though. Hello. <laughs> yes, everybody, that's our minister of maple, the lovely huggable, snuggable Mr. Adrian Nieto, the snow Mexican himself. I'm making I'm making like, silly faces on my camera because it's dark. <sighs> We're waiting for Adrian so we can record this episode, and he's like, I have to go make food and eat. I'm just sitting here thinking, what are you eating? Snow tacos? No, I did when I got sushi, though. So, ah, got me some uh, sushi. You racist traitor! Yeah, I know. Eh? <laughs> Sushi's so good, though. It is. I've been wanting to go get some too, but I think I'm yeah. gonna do that next week. I'm gonna treat myself out next week. I, so- I got some some Phoenix rolls. Ah, uh, so good. Yay! Adrian, what have you been up to? We miss you so much. Well, I've been working like crazy uh, to the point of almost killing myself. Not literally, just FYI. Um, but now, yeah, now I took a day to relax. I, I fell asleep like, I don't know, like five times during the day. Like I woke up at like 6.30. I was like, nope. Woke up at 9.30. Nope. Woke up at like like 10 something went upstairs brushed my teeth fell asleep on, on, on the bed again woke <laughs> up at like eleven thirty, and i was like nope this is not happening again uh and then i finally woke up at like noon or well, like close to one actually to grab some food and yeah i've been awake since then so uh, your body needed to recharge oh yeah oh my god i feel great now though Yes, Larry, I see it seems that you also took a certain nap today with baby Olivia. No, I, I had no naps today, trust me. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, I'm quite sure, Holmes. I got up, I went to physical therapy, and then I went to work. Oh wow. <laughs> no I rest you... for the wicked. Oh, I thought you would sleep like an hour ago. I see... No. Oh, I seen a picture, that's why. <laughs> You probably saw an old picture then, because it wasn't an hour ago. Okay, because I was just like, ooh, oh, <laughs> they both are knocked out. <laughs> this is no, I just flashed my cool. with my own camera. Oh my! So, Adrian, uh, before we get into the episode, um, what have you been playing? Uh, or what have what has been your indie watch? We haven't had an indie watch. We don't know what you've been playing. Uh, well, we we know what Adrian's. Well, you and I know what Adrian's been playing. He's been working on a, a review for us. Yes. yes, and that's that's the indie watch for for this episode. Uh, Larry was very kind to give me a copy of She Remember Caterpillars for on Steam. Uh, very uh, interesting puzzle game by. Man, the company's... Uh, Entertainment. Thank you very much. Uh, which are, are a German indie company. I didn't know this. Um, but no, yeah, their their game finally got released last week, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yep. Um, it was on early access first. I got the, that review copy, but oh my god, has like this game? It's it's reminded me of my early days playing Braid, on which oh, this is like a you know like a cute puzzly game. I'm having fun with this, and suddenly like it, the difficulty ramps up so hard. I'm like uh. Uh, uh, so how do I do things again? Question mark. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, well, but it's so we, fun. Before we get into it, uh, can you tell us what the story is? Like the premise of the game? <laughs> don't, don't ask me a story because I still don't know what the hell is going on in that game. I mean, well, uh, what's, what's the premise? Like, you know. Yeah, so you control, you control these, um, I guess, basic color... Uh, I don't know, creatures, I guess. Um, they are blue, red, and yellow, at least so far, the ones that I've encountered are those three color, primary colors. And they have these very specific rules of how to beat each level. So, like, primary colors can only go over, like, these bridges that are of their same color, uh, but then they can cross through these weird tentacles that are the same yeah yeah the tentacle gates men are they jerk i love their animation though i was streaming it a little bit today and their animation just looks like you're flapping your arms around so much fun um i actually i should probably make a gif of that um but yeah so like the rules are very simple yeah like you can go over a different color or you're you have to like fuse the creatures to create a secondary color and then you can cross through, like, different color bridges and stuff like that. And it's very simple. You just have to get, you know, all your tiny creatures to, like, this flower petal or something. And once they're there, they, you know, fly away and you go to the next level. So it's it's a very simple puzzle game that it just goes crazy after a while. So you're mostly passing gates, uh, color gates, um, being... Your gates and bridges... Gates, bridges, uh, you activate switches that I like create other stuff, you fuse your creatures. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it's a point and click game though, so it's like a you know, it's a very it's a puzzle where you just use your mouse to guide stuff from one place to the other. Larry, any thoughts? I know you got still stuff to say because you've been playing it um, also. I, I've been dinking around with it, not nearly as much as Adrian, but. I love the fact that it's very much like uh, the witness in the fact that the way that it teaches you its mechanics, Mm -hmm. it doesn't tell you anything out loud. It gives you the, the mechanics in its most simplest forms to say, these are the rules. Here it is in its most basic form so that you can understand it. And then it starts building on that and, encouraging you and forcing you to learn how to put those rules together. Okay. All right. It's because it sounds like with the color matching, it, it reminds me of the blob where you uh, have red, I think like red, yellow, and blue, and you uh, match different colors to get, you know, like blue and red turns into green. No, I think blue and yellow does green and stuff like that purple and brown stuff like that it sounds like it, it feel uh that when you turn into that color you're able to go over that bridge or go through that gate correct 
Yeah, like say for example, you've got a a red, a little red guy and a little yellow guy, uh-huh. and there's an orange bridge. You fuse them together, you make one little, little orange guy, so that you can go across the bridge, and then you can split them apart again into the single colors, red and yellow. Okay, and how many levels was it? Because Larry, you beat it, correct? No, no, no. Uh, um, I think I got about fifteen or twenty puzzles in. And I put it down just so I could do other stuff because I had other stuff to do. Okay. But I know Adrian is considerably further along than I am. I don't think I'm that farther along than you are, to be honest. I I spent, I don't know, like a good day stuck in a puzzle. Like even Larry was watching me stream it and we were trying to like figure out what the hell was going on. And then like I asked some like some other friends help where you finally figured it out came back, beat that level, and then got stuck on the, like, literally in the next one. I was just like, oh, my God. I can't, I can't even play this game right. It's, like, it gets so hard. And, like, that's probably my only complaint about the game is that, yes, it teaches you the mechanics, which are incredibly simple. Like, anyone can pick them up, really. Uh, It teaches you the mechanic on the first couple of levels, and then it just adds, like, a combination of those uh, rules. The problem is the difficulty spike from some of the early puzzles to, I don't know, the beginning of the of Act 3, which is, I don't even think is 50% through the, in, into the game. It just, like, it goes, like, crazy. It's like if you were playing, um, like, if you were just running around on Mario 64 when you first started the game, and suddenly you're in that clock tower level. Mm-hmm. That is super hard. Like that's kind of like how it feels. It, it, like, oh my god, I'm having so much fun, and I understand everything I'm doing. And suddenly, it's like, I don't know what's happening here. I just want my life back. But the game sucks you in, and you want to like keep playing and keep trying to solve, uh, figure it out. So, so it's really fun. So let's let's start uh, with the good, like everything with the good. Larry, what's like your ultimate good for this game? It could be one or two things. Like I said, I am a great big huge fan of the game design in terms of how it teaches you. More games need to do that. You know, Braid Braid did that reasonably well. The Witness honed it to perfection. And She Remembers Caterpillars definitely takes its cues from that. Do I think it did it quite as with quite as much finesse as The Witness? No, but it wasn't trying to do as much as the witness. It was simply trying to convey a puzzle game on, you know, two or three very basic mechanics. And there's, there's only so many ways those can interact, but the puzzles do become like Adrian said, very devious, very quick only in regards to it is, it is pure logic puzzle. Like, it's kind of like the, uh, if you ever, you know, go to the Cracker Barrel and there's the little peg and board puzzle yeah. sitting on the it, it makes me think of that in that regard. Okay. So is that the bad of it, the difficulty ramp of all the puzzles? Like, the logics kind of get, I don't want to say out of hand, but it, it just, it makes you think. I don't think it's bad, but I think it could have used a little fine-tuning in terms of how fast they ramped it up. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I 100% agree with with uh, with Larry there. It, it kind of feels like like the, the early levels, it's like when you get a Rubik's Cube for the first time and you solve one phase and you're like, oh my god, this is so cool, I solved a phase. And then your dad comes from behind you, it's like, all right, you have to solve the other five right now. Like, uh, uh, but I, I just saw one. Can I be happy for a minute? Like, nope. Just like you, you guys just thrown into like very difficult puzzles. But that's that's really my only negative with that game. It's that I don't like everything else. I loved Larry took, for example, the the game design uh, cues, especially on how it teaches you the mechanics. So I won't talk about that again. But I'll, I will go with the art. Like, everything in the game feels alive. Like, from the... Like, when you click on one of the creatures, they wake up and then, you know, like, stand up. And they have, like, a little idle animation to how the other ones are sleeping when they're inactive. Or how when you're trying to cross a bridge or a gate that is not... Uh, like, you can't go uh, through then it, you know he plays this little animation the gate or the or the uh, bridge and then the little guy just like you know tumbles back a little bit so like that level of charm in the game it wasn't really needed but it's appreciated so like that's that's probably my highlight from the game okay it goes a long ways towards giving it personality yep i agree so what uh... What is the eye roll where you just be like, oh, really? Are y'all really doing this? Like, what is your eye roll moment of the game? I don't think I had one, really. Like, I, like, I'm not even frustrated with the puzzles. It's more of like, my God, I'm an idiot. Like, why can I do this by myself? Right? Like, it's, it's not the game basically making me feel bad. It's me, myself making me feel like not even bad but like like oh my god like i know i have it like today i was streaming it for a little bit and i got to a point on which i like you can see my face if you see the the recording like oh my god i got it and it was like that moment where i was like super hyped and then i just like i threw it all away like i literally threw it all away like i didn't have it and i like i screwed things up like even more than they were before I was just like, oh, but like, like I had it, like I had it right there. I could feel it that I was almost done, and yeah, like it didn't happen. It was, uh, I don't know, it was crazy, but it was really fun. What about you, Larry? I don't think I've had an eye roll to it. Honestly, you know, I'm I'm intrigued to see if there's a to get to the end and see if there's a a worthwhile payoff to the story that they're telling, Mm -hmm. which they're telling in a very abstract way. Uh, um, You're, you're kind of getting bits of conversation that feel very out of context. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if it really ties together in a satisfying payoff. Um, Beyond that, you know, I I will say to, to tag on to what Adrian said, one of the things I really appreciate is the fact that the game never feels like it's it's being cheap. It's just pushing you harder. Yep. So it's kind of it makes you kind of think out uh, think out of your bounds. Just like what you think it is, it's not really. But if you do this and that, 
you'll be able to solve the puzzle. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about the art style. How is the art style? Uh, I know Beautiful. You mentioned a little bit, Adrian. Like, yeah, because I haven't seen the game. So, is it uh, kind of like? Does it look like Paper Mario? Does it look uh, like very colorful? Like, how would you describe the art style of this? It's game? like Castle Crushers on steroids. Okay. I, I aesthetically, just in terms of color and darkness, I, I think it actually reminds me a little bit of Bastion. Ooh. I was I don't know. Like Bastion was a little it's, it's too a dark lot for me. Less, it's a lot less of the uh the mixed colors. It it has to do with a lot more primary colors. But in terms of I, I think for me in aesthetic, the fact that, you know, all the puzzles are this one little island, you know, floating against a, a black background of nothing. Is it uh that's the part I think that harkens to Bastion for me. Is it top view or it's like 3D? Um, it's like, like a 2.5 isometric. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, for me, for me, it's like like if Castle Crushers had like if the guy that made Fest had gone to 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 the Castle Crushers team and says so like, hey, what if we put a little bit more love into how the game looks? That's that's the feeling I get. It's like it's the Castle Crushers art style with like more love put into it. Um, so it looks great and like again those love tiny it. animations. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> okay, um, what was your favorite moment in the game? I don't know. Every time I figure out a puzzle, it's it's a great joy. Uh, what about you, Larry? I'm with Adrian. The the wonderful supply of aha moments when you get something and it finally clicks. Okay, it um, is beautifully satisfying. Does the do you think this game will have a lot of replayability to it? Like, because it sounds like it controls well since it's a point and click. Like, you point every, you point where you need to point, um, and it works. Uh, but it's like, do you think this game will have a lot of replayability um, after you beat the game? Or uh, like- this is the type of game. This is the type of game that I feel I I'll forget the answers in a couple of months. So, like, I will come back to it, and I'm still like, oh, how did I do this again? Like, just trying to figure it out all over every time. Um, however, I think this is the type of game that I would like to show people. Like, I, and their website, it's never descriptive, so they don't say, like, they just show their Steam release. But I kind of wish there was, like, you know, like a mobile version of the game, so I could play on my phone uh, while I'm at the office during like break times and stuff like that, or you know what, like bring it to the Switch. I want that game on the Switch. I just want to like play it on my console and you know just take it on the go and keep playing for a while. Um, does it tell you how many levels is in the game, or just? Um... Uh, no, that I know of, no. And is it like does it do it by worlds, like five levels in one world? It in. Uh, in... it's. There are different acts, uh, and in each act you have 
like a couple of levels uh, or chapters. Yeah, I think, I believe I'm on chapter 30, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, And that's act four. So, you know, do math there, whatever that is. It's like the 12th, the 12th level. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's somewhere about eighteen to twenty puzzles in. Yeah. Okay. And uh, let's go with you, Larry. What is your pay rate for this game? Because I know you do ratings by how much you would pay for this. So, what is your pay rate uh, for this game? For what I've played so far. I'm inclined to say 12, 13 bucks. I would, I would come, tr- I have a feeling that by the end of it, I would say 15 on the top side, depending on how much content is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting to see the ending to see if the payoff for whatever strange story they're telling really comes together. Cause if it does, it is really got that that sound off that could push it to 20 if it's right and what about you adrian i will gladly play, uh, pay uh for a copy of it digitally 15 bucks like i wouldn't even think it twice i would like i will see it in the steam like yeah this is the game that someone told me about and it looks great and i played it and it's great by now however i will 100 percent pay more if it was a physical release on 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 like uh, the Nintendo Switch or like even the 3DS or something, right? Like I will pay, I don't know, like 40, 50 bucks or something like that. So if it was a physical release, of course. Okay, so uh, anything else, guys? Well, anything else you would like to say about it? I'm I'm almost with Adrian on that. I would definitely pay more for a physical release. My suspicion, though, is that I think 30 bucks for a physical copy on Switch would be the top end of the spectrum for me. Okay. I'll, I'll that might be well, too, just because I'm having my judgment skewed by the fact mm-hmm. that we've gotten the likes of Shovel Knight physical copies for 25 bucks. That's yeah, but like, I, I'm adjusting the price to Canadian pricing, so... <laughs> oh, God damn it, you're going to complicate shit, you motherfucker. Well, he is kind of speaking the you truth. You're so. fucking snow pesos. Well, like, but that's that's what we said though. Like, thirty bucks is kind of like fifty bucks here. So, yeah, this is true. So, rule of thumb: if Adrian writes a review, his score needs to be adjusted for uh, <laughs> for inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Everybody, if you live in America, it's thirty dollars. If you live in Canada, it's fifty bucks. Be like. Wait for a game? Like, like yes. <laughs> so, okay, that's that's good that you guys are positive on it. Um, uh, can you go, go ahead, say the name again, and the developer again? And uh, is it is it free right now uh, to download, or you can pay like for it? Uh, paid release is out on Steam now. Okay. Um. And go ahead, Larry, uh, give us the title and the developer, if you know it. Uh, we, we have been chatting about uh, She Remembers Caterpillars by Jumpsuit Entertainment, who I just heard from today. 
uh, in the coming probably next couple weeks, I would imagine, will be joining us on the show. Great. Because I do want to talk to them uh, about the game. Uh, the game, it is, like Larry said, on Steam, it is 13 Canadian dollars, which I believe is 10 American. Um, so we'll, we'll link it uh, on the site so people can see it and stuff like that. And next week, for those interested, we will be giving away a copy. (gasps) Nice. Yes. I have one extra code, uh, compliments of Jumpsuit Entertainment, to give away. Awesome. uh, Much like uh, the current giveaway that we've got going right now for that adorable uh, minimalistic Metroid beanie. Yes. uh, um, When the post goes up, uh, like our page on Facebook and share the post and you are entered to win. And if you there guys you would go. like to see a picture of it, yes, go to our World One One Podcast Forum page, like, share, subscribe, and you will have a chance to win it. It looks really nice. Can't believe Amazon. Twelve bucks on the U.S. Steam Store. Ah, cool, nice, yes. Uh, so she remember caterpillars. Uh, looks very interesting. I'll have to check it out. Uh, even though I don't play Steam games, I'll probably watch the YouTube play of it. Um. You could also watch the stream that I've been That's doing of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, can you with tell TV, uh, check out the Frozen Machine. Yeah. Ah, okay. Are you going to stream it also, Larry, or are you just going to. Oh, no. I'm not exactly set up for PC streaming. The only reason I do anything streaming is because it's conveniently on my Xbox One. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's so easy to do stuff there. Yeah, I I do a lot of streaming on Xbox One because uh, uh, I don't know I haven't streamed on my PS4 lately. Uh, someone made a comment about the PS4, <laughs> so I, I have really responded to that. Since someone is very jealous of my video game buying, and I'm looking at him, the snow Mexican right now. Oh, you have a problem? So I do not have a problem. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, I don't. Even though I did order uh, Puzzles and Dragons and Super Mario <laughs> Puzzles and Dragons Online. What? There is not even a reason for you to own that game. Why? I, I like role-playing. I love puzzle games. Why can I not have both? Sure. Let's just move on. I'm not arguing about this right now. Oh, wow. Um, I did pick up Resident Evil 7, so I haven't started that yet, but I will be starting it tomorrow. Um, I do have a picture of the Funko Pop that I exclusively got from Target. It was like the last one. I have really had to snag it up. Um, but, uh, Larry, have you been playing anything, or did you get anything? Um, yeah, I found a brand new day one copy of Sunset Overdrive at Walmart for 9 bucks, and I grabbed the fuck out of that. Okay. <laughs> Have you have you installed it? Oh, not yet. I just took it out of the shrink wrap. I haven't even gotten to literally open the case yet. Um, uh, uh, trying to think what else, what else, what else. Yeah, between Sunday night and tonight, I don't think I've gotten to do much of anything. Um, but I do know the one thing I really want to hear about, since he's on the show again, is I want to hear some of Adrian's... Uh, feedback on the switch presentation and all the shit that's happened uh in the last couple weeks uh i don't know i went the next day and pre-ordered the thing if that don't tell doesn't tell you how excited i am i don't know what will really 
Did you um, pre-order any of the games too, or just the system? Uh, I pre-ordered Zelda. I trying to see if I can get some more money to get a pro controller. I also want to play Bomberman a lot, so I may pick that up. Uh, I am Satsuna. It's also confirmed as a launch title. So bad. Um, there was another game. Oh, World of Goo. Uh, I want to play World of Goo so much on the Switch. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, that's it. I'm I'm excited. I, I just I can't wait for March. Did you enjoy the presentation, or did you have problems with it, or were... Uh, it was alright. It was the Japanese. I mean, they're a different culture. I, I'm not one to, you know, argue how they do things. If you think it was awkward, hey, guess what? You are not Japanese. <laughs> so, it was probably not awkward for Japanese viewers. So, let's just leave it at that. Just move on, man. Um, um, I didn't help anything when Suda Fifty One started going off script, and the poor translators like, "Oh my god, I <laughs> poor guy!" And yeah, it was just like, "Well, a new Travis Touchdown game is coming out," and he literally yeah. was just like, "Uh," and you heard the "uh," and then when he said, "Well," um, yeah, well, yeah, poor guy. It didn't help anything either that Suda was making like jokes and references that don't really translate. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really his fault, but man, that was hard. Poor guy, really. Oh, wow. That poor dude deserves a raise for that. Yeah. And he, at least he stuck, you know, he did good throughout the whole pre- press conference. Came to that one part, and he was just like, oh, awkward. Well, it's no more awkward than the Ubisoft one with the little dude doo 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 doing all of that mess. Oh, God. Oh, that Mr. Kathy. Yes, that conference was a horrid train wreck. <laughs> I had entirely blacked that out of my brain until you said that. Oh my! You son of a bitch! Oh my goodness, everybody! If you could find that conference on YouTube, watch it and be amazed at. The tra- like we're a train wreck of professionalism. I understand that, <laughs> but he's a professional. Th- that should have never happened. No, no, we're a train wreck of professionalism. He's a professional train wreck. Yes, because he, you, I don't oh, see him nowhere but... at Ubisoft anymore. Like no development team, n- not in the stands, nothing. No. Um, what did you guys think of the Fire Emblem Direct? I don't think we touched on the Fire Emblem Direct. No, we didn't. Okay, so um, we're, let's start off first with um, they announced four games of, of Fire Emblem. Um, the first one, Fire Emblem Echoes for a new 3DS. Um, Technically, they announced three games. Well, uh, I mean, we finally got the Fire Emblem uh, Heroes for mobile. Um, but just but just as gaming games in general, um, we got a Fire Emblem coming for a Switch, and we got Fire Emblem Warriors coming to Switch and New 3DS. So, but let's start with Fire Emblem Echoes. What did you guys think? What, what did you guys think of that game? Uh, full disclosure, I am not a tactics person. I appreciate it in concept. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at it. Um, that being said, Fire Emblem has never really been my cup of tea. Um, as far as Echo's coming, 
yay. You know what? It's one more thing that we never had in the States before now, and I'm glad that we're getting it. Um, yeah, I'm not knocking it. I think for anybody that likes Fire Emblem, I'm glad you're getting more stuff. Okay. Adrian? Uh, yeah, same. Uh, we never got this game released on the uh, NES back in the day, so yay for us having it now. And I've been talking about Fire Emblem so much. Um, I'm excited to play it in May. Um, cannot really get to wait to get to it. I need to find the first uh, Fire Emblem Fates. Sorry about that. I need to work on that. Uh, Fire Emblem for Switch. What did you guys think it's going to be? I think it's going to be another big mainline Fire Emblem. Um. I suspect that it will be at least as impressive as what we've gotten out of the 3DS entries over the last couple of years. Uh, though I would hope it would be a little more grandiose considering the platform that they're bringing it to. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, frankly, given that there's really nothing concrete on it other than here, mainline Fire Emblem next year on Switch, I, I can't say much other than what what I would hope they would do with it. What about you, Adrian? I don't know. As, as long as it's as, um, I don't know, half as good as pa- uh, path, uh, path of Radiance was on the Wii. Yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'm down. Okay. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors. Um, they showed the, a little bit of the trailer for how the game is going to be. Um, what, uh, Adrian, what's your thoughts on it? Um, uh, I don't know. Like, not a fan of those games. So, okay, um, Larry. Um, I, I think that it's a mixed bag because I, I think that they should be committing to the Switch with some exclusive titles, mm-hmm. and the fact that Warriors is not Switch exclusive, I, I think, shows that they're having. We'll call them commitment issues. Uh, that being said, given that it is coming to the 3DS, at least they fucking learned their lesson from Hyrule Warriors 3DS and said, new 3DS only. Yep. Yeah, that, that was that was a good thing to talk about uh, during the presentation was it is coming to new Nintendo 3DS XL and new Nintendo 3DS. Like, yes, that is what you should be saying. Don't. Don't put it on the original again. Nobody cares about the original anymore. Everybody moved on already, or they're going to buy a Switch. Like, just, like, don't care. It doesn't matter. Not only that, but if you go back to it, Hyrule Warriors, try and run that on an original 3DS, and it runs like hot garbage. Oh, I heard. Yeah, no, it was awful. The only way it's acceptably playable is on new 3DS. The process Mm -hmm. of power. Uh, mm-hmm. has to run. Okay. Um, last but not least, um, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes is the mobile game that's coming to uh, Google Play and on iOS. Uh, they both will be dropping February second, I believe. Uh, for both. Um, any ideas? Like, you guys going to download it or anything? Or are you intrigued or interested? I'm interested, but I'm not getting it just yet. Uh, my first thought is. Holy shit, here's an announcement, here's a new game, you can have it in two weeks. Secondly, um, yeah, 
why the hell would you not? It's free. You can play that game without paying a penny for it. Mm-hmm. Can you probably get more out of it if you throw a few bucks at it here and there? Mm-hmm. Sure. And you know what? Again, I'm not a tactics person, but honestly, it looks simplified enough that I would probably mess around with it and at least get some enjoyment out of it. And for God's sakes, if I'm not putting any money any money into it, it's worth every penny that I paid for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a hundred percent right there with you. Um, it comes the day. Is it the day before the switch? No, it's no, in no. February. It's February second. Yeah. Oh, it's a month before the switch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, even more. Just, like next week, dude. Yeah, like next even week. more to even more to the point. Then it's. Like I'll 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 get it. Like oh, this is gonna you know keep me going until the switch gets released, and hopefully it will keep me going after so uh, until I uh, the Fire Emblem Echoes for 3D comes out. It's like yeah, like it's more Fire Emblem. That's that's a good thing. All right, and that's our discussion of Fire Emblem Direct because it's like it was really only like 19 minutes, and I think like 8,000 podcasts have talked about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but to let you guys know, uh, Sunday we're going to have kind of our bigger episode um, because Larry posted a story about uh, video game study of video games handling stress. And we're going to discuss that actually on next episode because I think it's, it's going to be a very interesting discussion. Uh, so um, if you guys want to see it, I think it was the Polygon that posted the story, um, Larry. Or no, no. Polygon posted the other story that I wanted to talk about. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, oh, the uh, the taxation and tariffs. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so yes, we're actually going to get into actual politics and economics, but it, we promise it actually ties back to games. Yes. Yes, I was actually reading that story because I seen it around, but I didn't take the time to read it. But I was actually reading it, and it's very interesting. I'm like, really? That could be... I will share links to those stories on the uh, forums page. Yes. So, um, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, Adrian, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me in the group, really, if you... Write something there that is interesting. Chances are I'm going to comment on it. Uh, just follow the Frosty Machine everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. No, Snapchat. I forgot one social media. Oh, YouTube, Twitch, and Tumblr. Okay. Uh, Larry, where can you... Can we, uh, Larry, where can we find you at? Uh, out on the uh, out on our Facebook page and our uh, Facebook forums. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, that being said, also uh, on Twitch at World uh, with uh, World One One Podcast, all spelled out, all one word. Uh, we're also out there on the Twitters, uh, World One Underscore One uh, Podcast. Uh, so we're we're out there as well. Uh, our presence out there will grow some over time it's not immense at the moment but it will get bigger um as we we do more and more uh i am literally at this point just waiting on a uh, reply email 
from iTunes about the resubmission of our listing with any luck. Uh, within the next two days at most, because they said uh, within five business days it'll get re-reviewed and hopefully the issue's fixed and that shit can finally be put to bed and I can stop fucking talking about it. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys can email this show, uh, world11podcast at gmail.com. Um, that's world one podcast at gmail.com. Gmail.com. You can hear more of this episode on shoutengine.com. S H O U T E N I E N G I N E. I'm so terrible with just saying names. I've been talking so much this whole week. It's just ridiculous. Um, you can find me on Twitter at that retro code and you can find my podcast optional opinion at the anomalous radio network.podbean.com, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. If you guys are listening to this episode, uh, I think it's going to be up, um, real soon. Um, this goes up Thursday morning, Thursday morning. So if you're listening to this, like right now on the Thursday, if you own a PS4 and you have PlayStation Plus, Shadow Complex is only five ninety nine. It is worth the download if you do not own it on Xbox three sixty or Xbox One or PC. If you have a PS4, a great flash sale is going on. You need to get this game now. It's so so good. Um, oh, we we have a, a special thing that finally fucking happened that we need to talk about too. By the way. Go ahead, Larry. Uh, we are uh, finally, officially, because I'm not going to lie, I I told him, I said, I was a little surprised because I figured it was just a dead issue. I was going to let it be at that. But uh, we, we want to say a, a great big hello and welcome to everyone listening to us from the DNA Network podcast family. Yay! Yep. Hello. Great big shout out to Corey. Um I'm trying to harass Corey into coming on Sunday. I'd make no promises yet, but I'll I'll poke him in the ribs again tomorrow. Yes, we are officially part of the DNA Network. Um, Arsenal Payne is also part of the DNA Network. Um, I do write for DNA, and I am part of the administration team uh, where I do Nintendo Power Block and other podcasts with them. Uh, so... Um, thank you once again, Corey, for that, uh, helping us spread in the love of this podcast. And with that, everybody, do we have anything else? Like- yes. Just a reminder. Free giveaway. Adorable Metroid beanie hat. Free giveaway. For God's sake, the, the post is on our Facebook page. Like our page. Share the post. And I will pick somebody that has done both. And I will send them the hat at my expense. There right. you go. Yes. Free shit for my desk. Seriously, <laughs> any, not hard. Any last words, Adrian, before you go into uh, the wild? Also, buy, buy Chirumber Caterpillar or, you know, uh, share the post that we're going to make and like our page to, you know, win that too. Like, it's going to be awesome. And if you don't own Twitter Cycle um, on iOS, and I think uh, it's on Google Play also. Yeah. It's on Android too? Um, pick up Tuna Cycle, uh, the first the first machine first debut game. Really, really fun to play. And with that, everybody, we are out. Bye. Bye. Good night.